fans, and welcome to our 2024 NRL season preview. It's a very exciting episode, and I thought I'd welcome it a little bit different to usual. Slightly longer, we anticipate, so please do lock in, get comfortable, because pure bliss is about to hit your ears for the next hour or so <laughs> as we discuss our mighty Gold Coast Titans. Before we get into anything, let me welcome my co-host, the beautiful Blaze from BKR Sport. Mate, what's it doing? Mate... Beautiful as always, you know, uh, just kind of living the dream. I uh, love the, the new intro to the podcast. Not high, but I do feel like I'm in like one random American suburb, one of those real family suburbs, and it's just like a nice, mm. you know, atmosphere. Everyone's just feeling lovely before we start getting into the nitty-gritty, and then we start punching on over our team, you know what I'm saying? Getting fired up and getting rocking and rolling, baby. But yeah, no, going all right, mate. And uh, obviously, uh, you know, we had the Sports Show TV charity match over the weekend that we absolutely pumped along for. The commentary has been getting raving reviews from everybody. Honestly, don't know if I've seen a negative comment anywhere. So we killed it, mate. Yeah, it was uh, it was awesome to represent, you know, um, charities on the day and the players and, and the event organizers and all of that. But it was also cool to, uh, you know, have two Titans fans up there in the commentary box, which is, you know, it's, it's rare enough to get two of um, any fans of any club together in the commentary box, let alone a smaller club like ours. So that was awesome to have well, some if you, representation. if you think of it this way, like obviously on the plane, so we'll down there at Lincoln Mobile, guys, for anyone who doesn't know, you should know because you should have watched it because it's only $5. But, and we'll be there next year, 2025, so get amongst it. But it was funny because like on the day, there's so many Bulldogs fans uh, who are playing in the game as content creators. So many Bulldogs content creators. We had a couple of Dragons and whatnot. Uh, and then you just had us two Ram Titans fans, realistically. Because uh, there's no, I guess there's no real content creators who support the Broncos or, or the Cowboys or the, definitely not the Dolphins, the Storm. And there's only a couple kind of ones for the Raiders. So overall, like pretty much all content creators derive from Sydney. And, uh, you know, we made our way there and, you know, yeah, slapped it there in the commentary as two Titans fans representing the community, baby. And I guess, given your history with the Bulldogs, you could say that wasn't the only time we rolled the dice <laughs> wow. that night. Yep. If yep. you remember, we had to park the car right next to a sign that said, roll the dice oh, in I a did. dodgy alleyway of Sydney. Oh, my goodness, um, man. No, so... I'm going to say this for a second. So, Clarkie is off accommodation duties for the not-near-time <laughs> future, for the permanent future. Uh, so, basically, and this is not uh, to detract from the, the place at all, as in, like, the suburb and whatnot, but uh, it's to detract from Clarkie himself. So he obviously booked our accommodation for the weekend and uh, basically it was in Homebush uh, surrounded by completely abandoned buildings. It was at some pub. Completely abandoned buildings. I, like, honestly, I don't know if there was a business open that wasn't this pub and then on top of it, there was the accommodation and he booked it for two beds. Ended up being one bed and the lady tried to charge him twice. So from booking online to booking uh, to, to paying for it there and uh, gee whiz, it was, uh, it was a time to be alive and then we had some... Some confronting situations outside in the parking lot, and mate, it was just it was, it was all over the shop. Mate, we had to go tip and tail the good old fashioned sleepover from when you're in primary <laughs> school. Difference being we're grown men, uh, but we had to do it. It's yep. a sacrifice we had to make on I the night. I will say just quickly that was actually a brilliant sleep. I actually had a great like the place itself. <laughs> the, the, the place itself. That's gonna get clipped. The place Me itself. We slept together, and you say, <laughs> "I must say that was a brilliant sleep." That's gonna go viral. You should not yeah, have said that. You know, it is what it is, mate. But I tell you what, like I, it was it, the place itself wasn't that bad. Like it was actually a nice place inside. It was just outside, maybe uh, not the greatest of places to get. But uh, at the end of the day, we're still living to uh, to see the next Titans podcast. 
we are alive. We can report that. We're very happy to be alive. We're very happy to be Titans fans. And we'd be very happy if you could please press the like button on YouTube, subscribe. Absolutely. And if you're listening as a podcast, give us all those ratings. Do all the good stuff. I know it's cliche. I know every podcast says it. Um, but for us, you've got two good-looking roosters that will absolutely appreciate you, love you, and well, give you a no, firm Let's not up. say roosters here. Something in NRL season's kicking off, and then we're going to get Haynes yeah. talking about it. No, so no, no oh, roosters over here, that. son. Well, we're not good looking and we're not roosters, but we will give you a firm handshake <laughs> if we see you at a game. And that's yep. better than better than the first two combined. Exactly right. Alrighty, let's jump right into it, man. We've got a big show, a 2024 preview. There's so much we can go over, but I want to start with a little bit of fantasy. And I know that sounds weird given we've shared a bed now, but I want to say <laughs> in a perfect world, what does 2024 look like in our club? It can be in terms of ladder finish or just achievements you want to see on or off the field. Go, and hit, go ahead and hit us all with... The perfect world for the Titans in 2024. Oh, well, the perfect world is winning the competition, Clarky. I think it's as pretty simple yeah. as that. That would be the perfect world. A more realistic perfect world. Are you, are you asking for like... Because if it's a perfect world, then yeah, it's winning the comp and not losing a single game and scoring 50 points every week. Is that what you're asking me? Well, let's go Let's go perfect world in a, a realistic sense. Like, I'm sure most fans would look at us and say, we're probably not quite at a premiership contending stage. And I think that's fair to admit. We're not on the Panthers level per se. But something realistic, some realistic goals or achievements you'd like to see is just nail this year. Well, just to bite back at that comment just a little bit, when Tessie Hasler took over the Doggies in 2012, he did take them to a grand final in his very yeah. first year. Just want to throw that one out there for everybody uh, to really uh, to really t- take in what we're actually potentially about to achieve here with Desi Hasler. It's just exciting, man. Uh, really, really exciting. And I think that a realistic goal uh, in a perfect world is definitely just to make the eight. Obviously, we've, we've made the eight once since 2016, and that was in 2021. And arguably, we should, be, we should have gotten to the second week. I do think we'd probably get pumped by Manly that next week because that was the Tom Dravojevic season uh, but with that being said you know we actually played a pretty good game for at least the first half uh, when we played them yeah. earlier in that season um, so yeah look obviously we just want to get back to the top eight um, I don't think that a top four is completely out of the equation which is absolutely crazy to everybody but I think that there is a world where there is top four and there is also a world where we do obviously miss the eight and do struggle a little bit uh, but at the end of the day I, I think that I would lean towards yeah making the eight and that would be a realistic goal to achieve and I think that that's what something that I've been looking for for many years now and I always predict this on BKR Sport on the channel is that I always say Titan 6 because I just want a home final we have not had a home final since 2010 against the Warriors 2010 and that was absolutely chirping and I want I just want a home final so just get us to a home final that's the perfect reality yeah 14 years later you can only imagine if we finish 6th or higher how awesome it would be to to get that home final I mean I definitely have to come up for that back at our home that would be amazing I've gone for three things I really want to see in my perfect realistic world here. I'm, I'm not going to go too crazy. I want to be relatively conservative with these goals. So whilst I do have that optimism inside me that top four is not 100% out of the equation, I'm going to go simple and I'm just going to say top eight. Yes, I'd love to finish six, but if we scrape into the eight, I don't care. I just want to play finals footy again. Um, it was so fun, that game against the Roosters. I remember having just the most... The yeah, for the oh, for seventy nine minutes and from yeah, but the day leading up to it, man, it was just an excitement I had inside me. It, it just felt different. I was so pumped up that chance to you know go on a run like like teams have in the past. Cowboys twenty seventeen, Eels two thousand and nine. It can be done. Um, we had a hot little streak going there, and yeah, that's just the feeling of that moment. I want to feel that again. So mm. start us off. I'm going to go top eight. Number two. I think this one is really conservative. I think Des will have this. 
I want to have our best 17 identified by the midway point so we can really make a strong surge home. We've had seasons where our run home, I think it was 2020, has been insane. And we've yep. had other seasons where our run home has absolutely sucked. That year, we, we actually could have arguably been on six wins in a row rather than five wins in a row. It's the only one that we lost on that home stretch was against the Sharkies, which is unfortunately the one that we needed to win the most to get into the yep. eight in 2020. Uh, but yeah, we finished ninth and we won five games in a row to finish off the year. Um, and honestly, if it wasn't for the Kevin Proctor incident, I believe we win that Sharks game, we would have been in the eight. So yeah, we, we, we actually, we, we know how to run home strong. Mate, and we were so unfortunate there. It was a call that... Shouldn't have been sent off for. I think it was a send-off. It wasn't even a sin bin, was it? It was a straight send-off. It was a straight send-off, yeah. It was the, for people who can't remember, it was the Kevin Proctor biting incident. Uh, we've never seen... Yep. I don't think we've ever seen someone sent off that before. We've seen no, Jack White yeah. got put on report. Yeah, exactly. For an allegation. And we'd seen, yeah, we'd seen uh, sin bins for worse. So to get mm. sent off was, was outrageous. And I think it was a tied game at that point, 12-12, maybe, if I'm not mistaken. Can't really remember. But yeah. at the end of the day, um, we didn't know how to run home strong, man. And uh, yeah, look, obviously, getting that best 17 by the midway point would be would be nice. Uh, but we do have a nice little easy stretch to kind of figure that out at the beginning stage of the season too. That's exactly right. And I, I offer that just because we have so much depth in a lot of key positions. I don't want to get to round 17 and we're still trialing Liu or Tino or, or as uh, sorry, Aaron Clark. Like I want to have that top 17 cemented and just ready to go because we know we've got the depth to come in and cover as required. And final one, I want Tanner Boyd to have a really strong season. We always oh, talk about mate. it. Talk, say it louder, son. Say it louder for the people at the back. Get around. Exactly. Time. But it's not only for the recognition from the wider footy community, because I do think a lot of Titans fans really do enjoy Tanner's game and like him. I, I just want this for Tanner, and I want it for the future of our side moving forward. You know, there's still talk online that you always see, besides Scott Prince, the Titans have never had a strong halfback, and um, Toby Sexton's better than Tanner Boy. They shouldn't have let him go. And there's all these, um, all these sort of headlines floating around. I just want to see Tanner lock in and have an insane season, because if he does then it kind of alleviates the pressure of Kieran Foran retiring in the future if we have a really strong half there in Tanner Boyd. So they're my three goals. I would like say, them? yeah, well, I'd say specifically in regards to the Tanner Boyd one, we need that. And and as you alluded to at the end with Fozza, obviously Foran, whether this be his last year or next year be his last year, the fact is that he's coming to his to the end of his tenure. So we do need to see Tanner stand up this year so we don't have to be kind of flustering around for a six and a seven. Like we've got Tommy Weaver there waiting in the wings and we do have a couple of products coming up through the system and we do have the ability to put AJ there or, or JC there or, or, or whatever, right? But the point of the matter is, is that if, if Tanner's also not lived up to those expectations and also just to clarify in regards to Toby Sexton, love Tobes, good friend of mine, but at this point of their careers, Tanner is leaps and bounds in front of Tobes. He's leaps and bounds in front of Toby right at this very second. So they, I don't think anybody who actually watches Bulldogs or Titans games actually realistically would think that, that Toby is in a better situation than Tanner. Potential, maybe, but not right this very second. Uh, but yeah, we just don't want to have to be thinking, okay, Foz is gone. We could put Weaver in to partner uh, Tanner Boyd because Tanner's had a great season. But if Tanner hasn't, then... Who's going to be the seven alongside Tommy Weaver? Or does Tommy Weaver go to the seven and then AJ to the six? And it's still confusing. So uh, a lot of work to be done there for Desi. And just got to hope Tanner has a massive year. Exactly. We want it to be like a situation where when Maloney left the Panthers, Nathan Cleary was ready. Um, when JT retired from the Cowboys, Michael Morgan was ready. You know, they kind of play the second fiddle inexperienced half, but they build up that experience. So when it becomes time to be the main man, they're ready. Um, and situations where that hasn't occurred is um, someone like Brody Croft, who... 
was in a spine where he never really had to step up or be the main man, moved to the Broncos where he was expected to be the main man and really did struggle with his career there um, as far as it was concerned with the Broncos at least. We want to avoid that. So Tanner, hoping he has a very, very strong year. Let's have a look at our squad. We'll go through and review it, review some of our depth, have a look at that. Um, so let's go to our games. We've signed Keenan Palacia and Harley Smith-Shields. We do lose Cruz Leeming, Tremaine Spry, and Joe Vuna. Uh, for me, I think with the emergence of Randall, we didn't really need that third hooker in Leeming. And then with the greatest of respects to Joe Vuna and Tremaine Spry and everything they did for our club, I think most footy fans would acknowledge that Palacia and Harley Smith-Shields are a big improvement on both of them in their respective positions. Do you echo those thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. I think that, uh, you know, Tremaine Spry and jo Joey Vernon obviously scored that try in the Storm game, which was great last year. Uh, we, we needed that try. Uh, and, and Tremaine Spry was obviously around the club and God bless the guy, obviously did everything he could. Uh, but obviously, yeah, it, it wasn't really a necessity going forward. Uh, and Cruz Leamy was actually only signed mid-season last year because of the, or early to mid-season last year because of the injury to Sam Verrills because we were really struggling in the depth department for the hooker. Now we do have Oscar Bryant, who is also the brother of Maxi Bryant for the Brisbane Heat, for people who don't know. Um, Oscar Bryant is a hooker at the club uh, who is kind of coming up through the Tweedhead Seagull system right now. Uh, so he is a depth option there in the hooker department. But Cruz Leaming was literally just signed for the sake of we had no depth at that time. Chris Randall came into the nine, did his job, showed that he was a quality nine uh, and, and deserves minutes. Absolutely deserves minutes there. So as long as uh, we've got Chrissy Randall, and as long as we've got uh, Sammy Verrills there, uh, I, I definitely don't think that we're missing anything in the hooker department. And uh, yeah, I think that those those losses there are okay. Good luck to Cruz back there in England. And then, yeah, the gains we've had are massive. Yeah, and I think another key changeover, obviously everyone's tracking, is the coaches. Des Hasler comes in and replaces Justin Holbrook. But we need not to discuss that any further. We've pretty much covered that extensively in our thoughts on that in previous episodes. There's a, whole, you... there's a literal whole episode dedicated to it. So if you want exactly. to go and hear our thoughts, it's right there. <laughs> and then people have asked us all about it in other episodes. Um, I want you to give us a grade. Um, F minus being the highest, A plus being the highest. What would you give us for our recruitment this year? I think that Harley Smith-Shields is obviously more of a depth signing. I think that he can definitely provide something. Obviously, he was in Canberra. So would you rather live in Canberra? Sorry, Clark, you may have to do this to you. But would you rather live in Canberra in the cold or would you rather live on the Gold Coast in on the beautiful beaches? Your depth option at both clubs, the Raiders weren't necessarily going to be using him. But he has been used in the past. And I, I do think that, obviously, we have the guys like Philip Sami. We have Lafayette Campuera. We have a, a whole lot of wing talent. There's Jojo Fafita there waiting the wings. Tony Francis. So there is depth there and talent there. But Harley's Michels is another guy that really could come in and work hard on the Desi. And Kenan Palacia is an incredible signing. He was one of the best Broncos players last year in 2023, especially in that final series. Kenan Palacia really came on. And I think that Broncos fans have really tried to push him at the back of their mind because they knew he signed with us basically in the preseason or it might have been early season I can't remember but we signed Ken Palacia early so you know he doesn't get the credit as much as he probably does deserve and he's going to be absolutely massive here for the Titans this year so I will give us a B plus on the on the on the basis the basis that Ken Palacia is the plus I would say that Ken I would honestly just say it's a it's a decent it's a decent couple of signings uh, are we including Dez because if it's including Dez then I'm giving it an A yeah, if you include Des, then yeah, fair enough. Include him, and that is fair to give us an A, I believe. If, yeah, if we're including Desi Hasler, I'm, inclu I'm definitely saying it's an A, and you could even argue to an extent A+, based on the fact that 
you know, Desi is a proven premiership winning coach, uh, which we've never had before. But yeah, I think Keenan Panacea, you've got uh, Hollywood Shields, a bit of depth, and you've got Desi Hasler. That's A all, all around those three, but a B plus individually for the two signings there. Yeah, I had a B-plus as well. That was only grading the players there. My thoughts on Harley Smith-Shields, having watched him a little bit here in the lower grades in Canberra um, and following his career since his debut, I think he has the potential where if someone like Brian Kelly got injured, Harley Smith-Shields could genuinely take his spot. Um, I'm not just saying that now because he's a Titan. I have long rated him and thought he's had a lot of talent. He links up with a coach in Des Hazler, which will just be incredible for his career. We've seen players really excel in the outside backs with Des. He's got a rig on him too. He's got an absolute yeah. rig on him. This guy is a this guy's an absolute specimen here on the Gold Coast. So, you know, lock up your wives, everybody. Because this guy, yeah. uh, Harley Smith-Shields, is ready to rock and roll. He is, he is a very good-looking Titan, not a very good-looking rooster. He's a very good-looking Titan. I learned that one earlier in this episode. And someone like Kenan Palacia, I mean, what more to say? He had an incredible 2023, but one stat that I really liked, he ran the exact same meters as Payne Haas in the grand final against the Panthers, uh, but he only played 35 minutes. So that's obviously shows that's the potential wild. he has. That's why yeah. I didn't realize it was that solid, but that is absolutely insane. Especially when you think like, you know, we're talking... Payne Haas here, who said in the media that week, I want to take it to the, the Bash Bros, Moses Leoder and James Fisher-Harris. So for policy to come on, have that impact off the bench, if he's either able to do that for us, I'm super excited. And if he works his way into a starting side, then I'm even more excited. Either way, it's a brilliant signing. Let's go position. I've got here fullback to lock. I'm going to read out some of our options in each position. And I want you to give your leading option for each role um, in the side. So fullback, I've got here our depth is Jaden Campbell, AJ Brimson, and Keanu Kinney. Uh, your leading option there is JC, I believe. Uh, yeah, well, it would have to be JC. You'd have to back in the club at this point. We are aware that they want Jaden Campbell to be the fullback uh, going forward with AJ Brimson millionaire in the centres. And then we're just trying to figure out kind of if Keanu might be that 14 or if maybe he still has to wait a little bit and bide his time. Uh, but yes, I would lean with JC as the... I, I would say on a personal level... I do think that currently Brimo is probably the the best fullback of the lot, but I do think that JC has an unbelievable amount of potential, and I know the club wants to utilize him, and I do think that that's also because AJ is more versatile and can go into the centres. Question: We're hearing via News Corp newspapers that Jaden Campbell's racing the clock to be fit for round one. Um, we know he had that patella dislocation last year in his knee. If he's not available for round one. Do you put our best option now, AJ Brimson, at fullback, or do you keep him at centre and play Kinney at fullback instead? No, you don't want to change that team around too much, man. You just you, you chuck Keanu straight in. Uh, you chuck Keanu straight into that fullback. You keep AJ in the centre, uh, and he's alongside his best mate and Philip Salmi there. So, no, I, I don't think that you, just because JC is potentially injured for round one, uh, that you then change other parts of the team. You've got a fullback there in Keanu Kenny has played, you know, for international rep for New Zealand in the lower grades, the under 19, I think it was, or the, just the, the development A's. New Zealand. A's, that's the one, uh, which is basically, you know, the second in line. Uh, and I think that he's definitely got the experience there for such a young kid as well, uh, has come up against some big time teams uh, last year when he had, he got thrown into the opportunity teams like the Rabbitohs. I think he had a, a crack against the, uh, who is the other team there? And that was Rabbitohs when they were good, by the way. That was early in the season yeah. when we played them at Sharkies at home. Sharky, no, Sharkies at um, 
no, 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 at their home, I mean, rather. At, at Cronulla. There was, I think he played in the Panthers game, if I'm not mistaken. And the point of the matter yeah. is, though, that he played in some big-time games. So he's got that experience now, plus that New Zealand days. So Keanu Kenny, bang, into that number one there. Don't change AJ from that centre. Yep, I agree with everything you said there. Four wings I've got here. Philip Sami, Alofiana Khan-Prera, Aaron Schott, Jojo Fafita, Ken Mamalo, and Tony Francis. I'm not going to outthink the room here. I'm locking in Sami and AKP. Would you agree with that? Absolutely agree with that one. Philip Sami and Alofiana Khan-Prera, absolute baller's son. Uh, I do think that you'd probably... Because Shuppie has played in the system under Desi when he was at the Doggies. Uh, wasn't yeah. in the team because he was too young. But Shuppie has played under Desi's line of action, basically. Uh, but I do think that you could see Jojo Fafita work his way back into this team if there is an injury. Touch wood doesn't happen to Lofi or Sammy. And I do think that Tony Francis is probably in front of Kenny Mamalo. Mamalo's been great in the past, man. He's absolutely killed it for the Warriors and whatnot. But I do think his days, uh, his best days are behind him. And you've got a, a real brilliant talent like Tony Francis really knocking on the door from his Q cut when he's got a hat trick in the grand final. And although they lost... The fact of the matter is that Tony Francis is a baller. So, yeah, I think we've got a great deal of depth there on the wing department. And uh, and, and even Harley Smith-Shields could play in the wing as well. Yep, I agree with that as well. I'd have AKP and Sami, as I said. But my next options would be Jojo Fafita and Tony Francis in that order. Uh, for centres, I've got AJ Brimson, Brian Kelly, Aaron Schott, Harley Smith-Shields, Jojo Fafita and Philip Sami. Um, just my take real quick. I would prefer to see Jojo and Sami on the wings this year. I'd prefer to see Shop and Harley Smith Shields as our depth options, and I'd be starting with Brimson and Brian Kelly of that mob. Would you make any changes to that? No, I definitely would keep AJ Brimo and Brian Kelly in the centres. I think BK is experienced. Also, was signed by Desi to go to Manly, and then uh, obviously was the first re-signing by Desi here at the Titans as well. So obviously, people don't really remember. Most people kind of do, but BK went from the Titans youth system to Manly where Desi was and then he's now and then he obviously came back which is maybe a little bit of a dodgy sign because that means that Desi didn't really want to keep him but with that being said Desi then re-signed him first player for the Titans when he got here so I do think our centers will be Brimo and Brian Kelly if for any reason Touchwood doesn't happen AJ doesn't work out in the centers I probably would be looking to put Shuppy in. I probably would be looking yeah. to put Shuppy in over the likes of Jojo, uh, Sammy, and Harley Smith. I do think that Jojo is a great player, but I do think Shuppy might actually work a lot more with Desi in this centre position based off of their history together. Uh, but at the end of the day, I hope nothing goes wrong there. But I would say the order would maybe be Shuppy, Jojo, uh, Harley Smith, Shields, and, and Sammy. But I don't think that Sammy really will play centre this year because we've got too much there to offer. I agree, and he's shown he was an elite winger last year. My only real change there is I've got Harley Smith-Shields a little bit up on that depth ladder there. Um, halves, we've only really got three options. That's Kieran Foran, Tanner Boyd, and Tommy Weaver. I've written the wrong player in my I, notes. I, I, I was about to say, I didn't realise that Tommy Sexton was still playing for us. <laughs> I, knew, I knew it as soon as I read it. Um, so obviously it's going to be Kieran Foran and Tanner Boyd. We don't need to discuss that, but... What I am interested in is, let's say Kieran Foran, we know he's coming towards the end of his career. If we do load manage him throughout the year, and he does take a few games off here and there, do you outthink the room? Do you try anything else? Or do you just simply play Tommy Weaver at six? It's a really, really difficult one. This is the biggest concern. And I will probably get into some concerns and positives and whatnot later in the podcast. But like, I think this is a real concern for us because... There is no definitive answer here. And I don't know if Desi would have a definitive answer either, to be completely honest with you, because we don't really have that depth there. 5'8", obviously, Foz. 
he's not going to play every single game this season, I don't believe. I just don't think that that's, that's in Fozzer anymore. He's obviously leaning towards his 300th game mark. With that being said, I don't know if Foz's body is going to get him through every single game of the season, which means that you're probably going to just chuck Tommy Weaver into that six. I don't think that you take, again, similar to what I said with that fullback, I don't think you take AJ and put him in the six, but it's just such a difficult one because, yeah, we need to see Fozzer and Tanner Boyd really turn up this year because the depth isn't there. Like you got with the Panthers, right? You had Nathan Cleary, and then you had Sean O'Sullivan and Jack Cogger. Right, so they had three halfbacks there, and once their best star player went out to Origin or whatnot, you just inject a little bit of Sean O'Sullivan, who's now at the Dolphins, and you inject Jack Cogger, who's now at the Knights. But the fact of the matter is, they had that depth there for that, and those two positions are so key. So it is a concern if one of these boys don't really turn up, uh, or like if they get injured. Uh, but at the end of the day, we need to do what we got with what we've got, and Tommy Weaver would be next in line. But God help us after that. Yeah, so I think I'm going to go the same. I'm just going to put Tommy Weaver at six to start. If that doesn't work out, then I probably would bring Harley Smith-Shields and give him a chance to center and move Brimo back to six. I can see why people are going, at home, because you don't really want to be messing with your side that drastically. But that is a point of weakness in our side that I, I do want to touch on later. I just think when you look at sides like the Panthers, they've always got those back options. Like this year, it's Bradley Schneider. Um, you look at the Knights, they've got Jack Cogger, Gamble, Hastings. Um, the Broncos have Mam, Reynolds, and... No, uh, Broncos are in a case. similar position. They're in a similar position. They've, they've got... Uh, I know who you're thinking Jock about. Madden. Jock Madden. But in the same yeah. sense, they're in a very similar position, I would say. I'd actually say that we are in a better situation with Tommy Weaver there than Jock Madden. Because I'm not a big fan, personally, of Jock Madden. I think that Tommy Weaver is a better product. Mm-hmm. And you think Jock Madden's better than Tommy Weaver? No, I just think they've got Jock Madden, Kurt Falls, who's been at the Panthers and debuted there. Um, and Josh Rogers. They're, they are three solid half options where we've just got one in, in Tommy. So the only reason I would lean with what you just said there and, and say advantage Broncos is based on the numbers factor. I do think, yeah. again, Tommy Weaver is better than all three of those guys. I, I agree. Do. But I yeah, do think I the numbers of having three guys there in, over our one is where they get the benefit. Yeah, but I do agree with you. Tom's better individually than, than all of them. Let's move to props. We've got a lot of options here. So we've got Moeki Fotueka, Tino Fa'asumala Aoi, Chris Randall, Isaac Liu, Isaac Fa'asumala Aoi, Jimmy Joloff, Joe Stimson, Josiah Pahulu, and Keenan Pollitt-Sia. My props are Fotueka and Tino Fa'asumala Aoi. Bench players, my non-negotiable bench players, that is uh, to back them up in, in the middle, is Chris Randall, Jimmy Joloff, and Keenan Pollitt-Sia. And I'm really open to that other bench spot there and what happens there. But what about yourself? I've seen a lot of people say the Titans need to start Palacia and, and Tino and Tino needs to play lock. Um, so that would be a front row pairing of Palacia and Fodawaka and Tino at lock. Do you like that? Hate that? How do you sit on that? I say this all the time, right? People must get sick of it. But like I, I've always been a big fan of Tino as a front rower. I always thought this way. Spoke to Justin about this at an event one time uh, and said, hey, Justin, listen, I know Tino's in the lock and I know I'm just a fan, right? But at the end of the day, I'll give you my opinion. I think that Tino is, is a front row forward straight up. I think that take, especially as a captain as well, and as, as such a young captain, I need to see him not have the responsibility of running end passing, and then also leading. If he's a little bit older in age, like now, I could actually see him going to that lock this year. I could see him going to the lock this year based off of that because he does have that 
that extra knowledge on how to compose himself during games and whatnot. But look, at the end of the day, I, I think our best front rowers are Tino and Moaki Fodawaka there as the, the starting front rowers. And then, yeah, you've got guys like Kina Palacia, you've got guys like Jimmy Jolliffe, and then also Chrissy Randall. Um, and then you've got a, a, a pure 13 in Isaac Liu, who uh, still does his job. You know, I, I think that people do really kind of... Well, and we'll get to the locks in a second, actually. We'll get to the locks in a second. But my starting front row would still be Tino and Mo. If that's not the case, then that would have to mean that Tino goes to the 13 and uh, Palacio goes into the starting front row. Because I do think Jimmy Jolliffe off the bench is the best option there. Uh, but, and yeah, and then if, yeah, if you're doing that, then maybe the next in line would probably be... It probably would be a guy like Isaac for us, Malawi, maybe. I'm not too sure. It's a really interesting prospect there. But our best two for me is Mo and Tina. Yep, I agree with that. And I think my bench rotation would be Jimmy Jolliffe and Keenan Palacio. I think for Mo, we probably want to bring him off around the 25-minute mark. And I think Tina around the 30-minute mark. But the reason why I agree with you that I prefer Tina at prop is just simplify the game for him. Tino's a destructive ball runner. That's what he does best. He runs the footy. Absolutely. He smashes defenders, finds his front, and gets quick play the balls for us. And I think that he's enabled to do that the best uh, at front row. Let's look at Hooker. Sammy Verrills, Aaron Clark, and Chris Randall I've got for our depth there. So three options. Now, I've heard whispers, and I can't say it's anything more than a whisper, that Chris <laughs> Randall might be starting the year at Hooker uh, above someone like Sam Verrills. I, I can't see that happening. Do you, do you feel the same way? That's a really interesting one. I, I think that that would be quite confusing. I love Chrissy. I'm not necessarily, and this is not detracting from him as a player, but I would definitely have him off the bench. And I think Sam Verrills is our best hooker. But maybe Desi could be leaning towards the, the time management kind of factor there with Sam Verrills, who has had a lot of injuries in the past and is still to this day, obviously, or not to this day, but to last season. He had uh, he only played a select amount of games. You could nearly count them on one hand, right? So uh, maybe that's a way to kind of limit game time for Sam Verrills and have him inject himself a lot more in some pretty peak moments because he does have that real quality. I think he's a top five hooker, even potentially even a top three hooker when he's actually fit and healthy. But unfortunately, that is far and few between. So uh, it'd be an interesting prospect, that's for sure. Uh, but yeah, between Chris Reynolds and Sam Verrills, I'd probably lean with Sam Verrills as our starting hooker. Uh, but, you know, Desi's the mad scientist for a reason. Exactly. And I could honestly see him throwing up a few strange selections. The only reason why I could see that happening is I do remember at the Seagulls when he had Manassi Fainu and Apisai Kotosau, um, Appy came off the bench um, and he had Manassi doing the hard work and the defending early. To and fair, I think that most was people when Appy was quite young, though, wasn't it? No, he was older than Fainu, so... That's right. He would um, come from the Rabbitohs because he won the grand final yeah. in the Rabbitohs in 2014 and then... Went to Manly, am I correct? Yeah, so I'm just wondering if like Desi thinks along those lines again and goes, let's get Chris Randall for the first 20 to defend really hard and honest in the middle, which we know Chris Randall does, mm -hmm. as he has the record for the most tackles by a rookie on debut, um, and then bring Sammy Barrels on in like the 20th minute to be even more potent attack. Mm. You think that's a chance? Is anything with Desi is a chance, to be yeah. completely honest with you. Uh, I think that that could definitely work, and then once Chris comes out... You leave Sammy in there, and then Chris obviously interchanges with the forwards and whatnot. Uh, so yeah. I think that could be a good play, actually. Yeah, you have Sam Verrills on the bench, you have Chris Randall starting, and then you put, as you said, 20, 25 minutes in, Sam Verrills in, he slaps it out, and then Chris goes back into that forwards rotation. Maybe. Mm. I don't want to sound like a bully, but if we do really have you know a great season and we verse a lower team, like let's 
I'm just going to say the Tigers because they're the back-to-back win spinners. I'd want to start with Sam Farrell's to Tigers, go from the first minute. Tigers are the only team we can say that to because we have a great winning record against them. So we're allowed to say that to Tigers uh, fans and, and to the to the team, yeah. but not many other teams. Yeah, so sorry, Tigers fans. I highly doubt any of them are listening anyway, but if they were, if we were versing them, I'd want to see Sam Farrell start. Mm. But if we were versing the Penrith Panthers and Des says Chris Randall's starting, I don't hate it at all. In fact, upon reflection of my opening comments where I said I don't like it, I actually do like it. Having a, having a little bit more of a think. Now, I prefer to start with Chrissy Randall against the top side. So let's see what Desi's cooking up there. I don't think there. many people would be thinking like that. And that's why once we've had a think about it, that actually mm. could be a really, really big play. But I also would nearly say, uh, to be fair, they're, they're, they wouldn't be watching or listening. But, uh, you know, I, I also don't want to ruin anything like for what this team is doing. So I hope that we haven't just said that. <laughs> and, then, yeah. and then we get a call. Hey, listen, lads, uh, let's not, uh, you know, tell everybody our plans. You know what I'm saying? But Yeah, well, well the call could go one of two ways. Number one. We want to offer you both a coaching or a consultant gig. Or number two, we're revoking your membership. Start a new podcast. Desi, I'm five minutes from the stadium, mate. Give me a call. Let's get it rocking. Yeah. Come on, Des. You'll have to pay for my flights and accommodation, but that's all good. I'm, I'm <laughs> worth it. I'm just joking. Um, back rower. We've got Dave Feeder, Bowie Firma. I've got Chris Randall as an option there. Jacob Arlick, Joe Stimson, Cleese Haas, and Ryan Foran. Don't know too much about Ryan, other than it's his first year in our top 30, and he was on a development deal last year. And before I'm anybody asks, he... I don't believe he's related to Kieran. No, I don't, I don't believe he is either. I think, I, in fact, I, I believe I read online he's not. Um, look, I think Dave Fafita and Bo Firm or start at back row. I did have reservations about saying Bo earlier because he was coming back from an ACL. But when I saw we named him as our fittest player that won the time trials, I've, all concerns I had are out the window. It's Day for Feeder and Bo Firma starting. The only question is, who plays left side? Because they both had their best season on that left edge. One's going to have to go back to the right. Who do you think we should play on that right side? Uh, you probably give it to Dave. I think that you probably lean with the guy that has been... Uh, well, one has was the best back rower of the year last year. He was in the Dalian Back Rower of the Year awards. Uh, Bowie has been absolutely fantastic there. But yeah, you probably do put him to the right. But I, I also do say that... You know, those guys had their best year there uh, when... Actually, to be fair, that was when Bowie had his best year when the team was struggling badly. That was 2022. So he would have had, like, Toby Sexton and AJ Brimson as his halves there. Now he's got Tanner Boyd and Kieran Foran. I don't know. I think that Dave has already worked up a partnership there. So I'll go with uh, Bo out to the opposite side. Uh, but I will also kind of say as well in regards to Bo is that I never had any reservations of him because, coming back from that ACL, because when I spoke to him in Newcastle last year, he told me that if there was footy being played in November, late October, he'd be playing footy. So there's been plenty of time uh, between now and late October, early November. Uh, and I, I knew that he'd be fit and ready to rock and roll. But yeah, it's even more of a benefit to, to hear that you know he's uh, been absolutely crushing it, uh, and, and he's our you know toughest player base. What was the what did they say he was? Fittest. He won the time trials. Fittest, they yeah. reckoned in the newspapers, which is literally you couldn't ask for anything more from someone coming back from an ACL injury. Mm, well, I think that's 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 Bowie's nature, you know, and he came from yeah. Newy as well, similar to Chrissy Randall, <clears throat> and yeah, Bowie is a is a real top notch guy who, who who really puts his foot uh, really he stamps it down. I love what Bowie can do, and all of last year. I think we probably would have been saying it. I know we were saying it in the front line at the game, and I know lots of fans were saying it. Imagine we had Dave Fafita and Bowie Firma. That's one of the best back row, if not the best back row pairing 
in the competition. That's absolutely incredible when fit and healthy. And I think that, you know, there's a guy on, a ben- uh, on the depth there as well who has been annihilating pre-season training, and that's Cleese Haas, the brother of Payne Haas. Cleese has been getting such good reports, absolutely amazing reports about how he's been going in training. And, you know, if he can, if he can do what he did against the Panthers with that uh, nice little step try where he absolutely burned Dylan Edwards... You know, you've got to try and factor him in somewhere on that bench. So we've got some really... I will say this right now, based off of... Actually, we'll get to the locks in a second. But I will say, overall, I don't see why we couldn't be classed as a top three, four-pack in the NRL. Yep. No, I'd agree with that. And someone like Cleese Haas is already attracting other rival clubs. There was newspaper reports a while ago the Raiders are interested in him down here in the Canberra Times. And he was set to meet with The Raiders were interested in Cleese. Yes, but now they've yeah. signed Zach Hosking. Selfishly, I'm hoping that they kind of just look at Zach as their dude and not Cleese. I don't know and if Cleese is going to... I don't know if Cleese going to like Canberra, but <laughs> I'm really yeah. close to Cleese. I don't think he's a, he's a Canberra kind of guy. Uh, but, yep. but but yeah, and another guy that I want to kind of shout here as well, maybe not necessarily for the back row, but in the front row rotation, is Joey Stimson. I, I think that people forget that in that preseason last season, uh, before, obviously, but would. I think it was before Bobby Firma got injured, or it could have been after, I can't remember. But Joe Simpson was a rotation front row and actually killed it. So I do think that people are forgetting that he can do a solid job and does have history with Desi Haslam when he was at the Doggies. So we've got some great depth there. Yeah, another person that we didn't mention there is Jacob Arlick, who's already played internationally for Papua New Guinea and looks an insane talent. Um, another one that uh, Hull KR in the Super League are really keen on. So we've got Mm. just a lot of depth there. Um, to answer my own question, I'm going to keep Dave with Kieran Ford on that left side, just because yeah. Kieran's toward the end of his career and they already have built up that partnership last year. I think we should keep that together. Uh, final position let's look at is Locke. I've got here as our options Aaron Clark, Isaac Liu, Chris Randall, Jacob Arlick, and Tino. Of those options, who do you like to start? I'm going to go and say something quite controversial here that I think that people are going to disagree with overall, but I would lean with Isaac Liu. I would I would say Isaac Liu to start this season. I, I think that he's got a lot to prove this year, obviously, with it being a contract year two. I don't necessarily know if he'll be signed post next year. Uh, he's well respected within this club uh, from the players, quite disrespected from the fans, and I can understand why, uh, because he didn't exactly have the greatest of transitions from the Roosters to the Titans. Uh, but at the end of the day, I, I do think that right this very second, he's probably our most solid... He's probably the guy that I would consider the most of a guarantee to play that lock position. We'll have his errors. Uh, Aaron Clark, obviously, I love Ez, man. I do really, really love Ez. But I just think that Isaac Liu might, under Desi, I just feel like that premiership winning experience with that premiership winning experience, maybe the aides got away from him, so maybe not. If it's not Liu, it's going to be probably Aaron unless Tino gets moved there. But I would lean with Isaac Liu right this very second. Yeah, I'm looking at it one of two ways. And really, it's what Desi wants, right? Because we've seen him carry someone like Sam Cassiano as a lock before. And then we've seen him use Jake Trevojevic as a purely ball-playing lock. So my personal pick is Aaron Clark. But I do fully admit that it comes down to what Desi wants in a 13 um, with this side. Does he want an experienced extra essential front right there who can ball-play a little bit in the U? Or does he want a genuine third playmaker and someone to link between the backs and the forwards? And I think you find that in Aaron Clark. The only issue that I find with Ez is that, and we found this out when he was in the hooker department that we would always talk about, is that he's not really a great passer. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's, he's, he doesn't really... He kind of only has one pass in him um, rather than kind of both sides. And 
I do think that that obviously impacts you when you're a lock, considering that you obviously are a ball-playing forward, right? Ball-playing middle. So uh, the, that's the only issue that I would have, would have with Ez. I think Ez could definitely go into the front row, to be completely honest with you. I think he could play like that, or as a, a bench rotation forward, uh, and can play lock fine. I have liked Ez in the past, but I do think that the big games that he would have, I think that the big games that he would have overall really kind of outshine the ones that maybe you didn't get enough out of him. So I know Ez has such an unreal amount of quality, uh, but we we really need to see it this year, I think. I think we really need to see Aaron Clark go to another level. Like we saw in that Moldy versus Indigenous game the other year when he was alongside Paddy Herbert. They both absolutely crushed it, but I need to see more mm. of Aaron Clark this year. And I do think for someone like Aaron Clark, although he's more versatile than Isaac Liu, if Aaron doesn't start in 13, I don't think we'll carry him on the bench. I think you'd see our bench something like Palacia, Joloff, and Cleese Haas. Whereas Isaac Liu is someone I can still see being carried on the bench because of his 250-plus NRL games experience. So that's our depth. That's our leading options in each position. Where do you think we're most stacked? And where do you think we might struggle should we have some injuries or some suspensions throughout the year? Yeah, I think that we're definitely, uh, everyone would agree with this, we're definitely the most stacked, well, actually either in the prop department or also the fullback department, because uh, obviously we've got JC, AJ and Keanu, that's fantastic. Uh, to be fair, you know, we do have a pretty stacked back row department, but I would lean with the fact of prop with Mo, Tino, uh, you would, even Chrissy Randall at times, uh, you've got Jimmy Jolliffe, who is such an underrated player, Isaac Fasumalawi is still young, uh, Stimo, great off the bench as a bench rotation forward. Josiah Pahulu is a machine coming up the system. And then we add in the new talent of Kenan Palacia. I just think that the props is probably where I'd say we have the most quality, which is really going to help us when origin time comes around. Because we play a game right, after or right before origin, sorry, which means that we are ineligible to play our players from origin, which includes both Tino and Mo, which potentially could include both Dave Fafita and both Firmus. That's it. Both our front rowers and second rowers but all gone, right? Uh, so, yeah, we'll be in a massive struggle situation there, but we have the depth to cover both of them because let's obviously go and give a bit of a thought process on where you would go there. I would probably say in origin, Jimmy Jolliffe starts, and you'd probably... Jimmy Jolliffe and Kenneth Palacia would more than yep. likely start. You'd probably have Stimo and whatnot off the bench. And um, in the back row, you'd probably say Khalees Haas starts and... Cleese Haas, and oh, they might put Joey Stimo back into that bench there on the back row, unless they go with Jacob Alec, the Papua New Guinea representative. So we do have the, the depth to cover it, but I think our strongest steps would come from the prop department. Yeah, I agree. And let's say, like, for origin's sake, we did lose Mo, Tino, Dave, and Bo, which is a real possibility if we're being absolutely honest. I think our side looks something like front row Jimmy Joloff, uh, hooker Sam Verrills, other front row Keenan Palacia, I think our back rowers would be Jacob Arlick and Cleese Haas. Our lock would be Isaac Liu. And then our bench would be Chrissy Randall, Joe Stimson, Isaac Fa'asua Malaawi, and probably you'd see someone like Josiah Paholu come in for his debut, I believe. Which I would um, so love that... to see with Josiah because Josiah is a machine, man. He's got a big time yeah, coming. Exactly. So I don't really think that's like, you know, I don't think that's a bad thing at all. We're completely stacked in that position. As we are at fullback, really, we're stacked in the wings and, and centers as well. Like, worst case, if both of our first-time wingers were unavailable, JoJo and Tony Francis coming in, I'm comfortable. A center goes down. Orange, Aaron Shop or Harley Smith-Shields comes in, I'm comfortable. I'm really comfortable across the whole board here. The only reservations I have is uh -huh. at hooker and hooker, yes. Mm. Um, 
look, I just think, Hooker, if Sammy Farrells is unavailable, then Chrissy Randall has to play 80 minutes there. We lose a lot of Chris's running game, which was really great last year, which is unfortunate. But you're right. It's the halves, man. Like, let me be brutally honest. If Kieran Foran's injured and our halves are Tanner Boyd and Tom Weaver... We're probably not beating the Roosters, Panthers, etc. We're not beating the big dogs. I'll ask you a question, break. actually, in regards to that. Touch wood, this does not happen. Foran and Tanner Boyd go down injured at the same time. What's our halves? You've got to bring AJ Brimson back. There has to be some experience there. Yeah. So you're saying AJ 5-8 and Tommy Weaver 7? Yeah, you'd have to do that. And you'd have to then play Shoppy or Harley Smith Shields at the centre. If we lost both of our first-time halves, it's it'd be very disrupting to our season. Um, whereas that's why I offer sides like the Broncos where I said those three players, whilst they're not as good as, as Tommy Weaver, it's just those options to, to, to go through, uh, depending on who's the, in the best form, etc. cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so sounds like we're both on the same page, really happy across the board. It's just those halves and we can only pray and hope that Foran and Tanner Boyd remain injury and suspension safe throughout what is a long season realistically. Um, and the last benefit we do have there is neither of them will play origin. Tanner is eligible for the Maroons. Highly unlikely he jumps DCE um, and Kieran Foran is a Kiwi. So we're okay there. Our season starts with the preseason challenge. So Sunday, 18th of February at 5.15pm, we play the Dolphins at Sunshine Coast Stadium. And Sunday, the 25th of February at 4pm, we play the Eels in Ipswich. That's one hour uh, in front if you are from Queensland. Now, we don't have a team list for either game yet. So it is difficult to provide meaningful analysis there. We'll do that that being week. said, we will. But given the depth we just spoke about and how comfortable we are with the majority of the side there, I dead set think that with players in a fight to impress Des Hasler, a new coach who we know is super tough, I reckon we could win the preseason challenge and tidy up that 100k. Do you agree with that? Or am no, I, I being too optimistic? No, I don't think it's. I don't think anything is too optimistic in the preseason. We saw Manly win the preseason yeah. last year, and they were awful exactly. when it came to the regular season. So they just know, lost a great coach. Yeah, so look, <laughs> exactly right. But the point matter is, is that no, it's the preseason. Anything can happen there. Uh, I, I do fancy our chances, as you said, uh, with the fact that we do have some of these young players. We'll, and, and like I said before, guys, we will go more in-depth into it next week because we will have the team list there. Uh, don't obviously expect a great deal of the boys that you know we'll be going with in this season. You, in the second game, which is against the Eels in Ipswich, which is an interesting way to spell Ipswich there, Clarkie. Uh, but in, in Ipswich, it is... Uh, you'll probably see the first half as most of our team, or uh, three quarters of our team, the second half will be just, you know, throw them in again. This is where we saw Keanu Kenny really emerge last season. Uh, but you're going to see guys like Oscar Bryant. You're going to see guys like Tommy Weaver. You're going to get Keanu Kenny, Josiah Bahulu, all these guys, uh, Ryan Foran as well. All these guys will be really getting their brilliant opportunities to impress Des Hasler as the youth coming through. That's really what pro season's about and getting a bit more warmer you know, warmer in the, uh, the the blood cells, right? So, yeah, look, it's going to be a great preseason. I think that we've got the talent there, uh, but this comes down to our depth realistically because, again, preseason isn't something that you go all out to win in with your best players. I think particularly Pahulu, we'll see him in Ipswich. I believe he was sure. the captain of the state high school there, so it's kind of him going home in a way, which is awesome way for him to start um, his season. But, yeah, I'm going to go out on early women and say we're a big chance to win the preseason challenge. Not sure what 100K does for our club, I know it gets split with the club and players, so a nice little bonus for our boys, I suppose. New drum um, in the front line, mate. New drum in the front line. Great idea, actually. Mm. If we win, we've got to start that petition. That, exactly right. I'm very keen for that petition. 
Now, we've got our 2024 season draw. That's out now. We could go through game by game, but it'd be largely speculation because we don't know what the other sides are going to offer yet. We do that round by round anyway, once the season's there. Uh, but a draw is crucial to every team's success. Uh, not always. Like the Broncos um, had the quote-unquote toughest draw last year, and we saw them finish second. So it's not always yeah, but that like case. With that being said, like they play all those games at home. You know, They play the exactly. Dolphins at home twice. They, they play... You know, Queensland teams there regularly. They play everyone there regularly, man. Like, there was a point last year where they didn't actually leave, like, Queensland for, like, eight yeah. weeks or nine weeks. It was ridiculous. Yeah, I agree with that. And that was probably a poor example. It was the only one I could think of because it was the most recent. But there's certainly been cases in the past where just because a side has an easy draw, they haven't just played finals for the sake of it. And, and vice versa, when teams have had... Exactly right. And we're right down the middle, man. We versus 2023 sides. We versus 12 bottom eight sides and we verse 12 top eight sides so we're smack down the middle in terms of what sort of teams we verse we do have the fourth toughest overall draw based on 2023 results now that concerns me slightly but not too much when we look at 2022 to 2023 only three sides that played finals in 2022 did not play in 2023 those being the cowboys eels and rabbitohs they did still prove a tough ask at stages throughout the 2023 season, but ultimately missed the final. So it's a marker. It's not 100% accurate. And it's certainly not to say that right now, as it stands, we've got the fourth toughest draw in the NRL. We don't know. We can only go off last year. Um, are you concerned with any of those stats at all? Not really, man. I, I, I don't really kind of go via... There's so many changes that happen. We've got a new coach. We've got... You know, a new setup. There's other teams that have new coaches, new setups. Look at the Dragons, you know, with Shane Flano coming in as well. And we played them first round. Uh, you know, so that, that might not be as easy a game as last year based on the fact that they're in a similar situation to us, just with less quality, in my opinion. But the fact of the matter is that you look at the Dragons and you think of 2023. And it's like, I don't think this Dragons early team will be as bad as the Dragons late last year. So that's why usually I kind of forget about last year. I t do take it into account, but at the end of the day... Like I said before, you've got to beat the best to be the best. And that's why I think that the Sharks got actually really done with their draw. They got the easiest draw. And that's, I think, for the second year running or whatever. But they got the easiest draw. And that's not what they want. They want to play the best teams because they always lose to the best teams. So they want to prove themselves mm -hmm. against it. So for me, I'm, I'm okay with whatever draw we get. Uh, we have a great stretch at home. Or in southeast Queensland, sorry. From like round 8 till 4. 14 or something like that, where we played in Brisbane, obviously at home a couple of times, Coffs Harbour against the Sharkies. And our first, we played Sydney, we played in Sydney one time in the first, before round 15, that's the Bulldogs in round three. Outside mm -hmm. of that, we do have to travel to North Queensland. There is a game against Canberra and Canberra and New Zealand. But outside of that, we have a really, really good stretch for the first 14 rounds or so where we don't have to travel an insane amount besides the month of April. So, no, I think it's a good draw. I, I like it, and I'm looking forward to it. Last year, our buys were in round 5, 13, and 16. This year, they're in round 2, 13, and 17. Now, I'll just direct our listeners back to what was my uh, perfect sort of realistic world goal, and it was to have our best 17 set by the midway point. And that's because we have our buys pretty close together in round 13 and 17. Um, there's still 10 rounds, I believe, until we'd hit finals. So we've really got to nail those last 10 weeks there because um, we won't have a break um, during that time. So nothing really too much to discuss there. Our buys don't change too much, only slightly from last year. 
Now, I've gone through our draw and I've picked out some games that I've got my eye on or games I'm looking forward to or just that I'm interested in. I'm going to tell you the game, who we're versing, and I want you to tell me what it means to you or why you think I've selected it. <laughs> what it means to me and the, fir- the first two games. Okay, go on, go on, go on, go on, go on, go on. <laughs> Round one, V-Dragons at home. Why have I said that game? Um, uh, okay, that's AJ Brimo's 100th, so that's, that's, the, that's the reason right there. Yes, no other reason at all. Thank you. Um, no thank particular you. goal kickers on. from the Dragons that we want to put <laughs> off their game. Round three versus Bulldogs at Belmore. God help my soul, don't. God help my soul. Um, I don't know what your answer is, but my answer is getting out of that stadium alive on, on the game day. Uh, Bulldogs at Belmore. Bulldogs at a court, people might know. They might have seen the video. They may have seen kind of how I was treated there. Not fun. Very not fun. Uh, wasn't banter, was awful. Uh, and then uh, Belmore is a core on steroids, effectively, right? So there's only one way in, one way out, and it's a small stadium, and it's multicultural round two. So I would love to win that for JC and Brian Kelly and our Indigenous boys, uh, but mm. I just want to be able to survive the day. Look, we will probably have a go- we'll probably have a GoFundMe go live in our round three preview, which we will need you guys to support for some personal security for Blaze <laughs> at that one. You are referencing Casey Haslow, though, aren't you, for Bulldogs, or is that what you're referring to? A little bit of both, but yeah, that that was part of it. That was more so why I said manly games. But round four v the Dolphins at home. Oh, that's just a, a guarantee. We need to win that one. We haven't beaten the yep. Dolphins yet outside of the preseason. We, we, we all know the two games that happened. We should have won. It was controversial, but it probably the right call was made. But the only reason that it was annoying is because the week after, we got dudded twice by the very same call in the exact same yep. situation. So, uh, yeah, you know, enough of this kick and kick nonsense. You know, we're sick of the kick and kick and kick. It's stupid. You look stupid. You are stupid. So, um, yeah, no, I, I, I really want to win that game at home. We're not going to touch on this one. I'm just going to throw it out there. We versed the Dolphins at Suncorp in round 21, and we need to win that one as well. We need to win that one as well. So what uh, round six. Yeah, but what you're referring to is is Foz's 300th, aren't you? If he plays every game to that point, it will be. But I'm almost hoping that he misses one game because we versed the Broncos the next Oh, yeah, yeah. Why, why don't you go and steal? Yeah, okay. This is Chris Randall, 50th game all over again, isn't it? This is Chris Randall. I said this to you. <laughs> this guy loves stealing what I say. And he'll, you know what? He'll turn his guy and be like, oh, yeah, you didn't even know that if we missed a game, the Broncos are at home for Fozza. So, <laughs> no, to clarify, one, if you ever said anything about Chris Randall and his milestone game last year, that was me. And this one, also me. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, man. All all Chris Randall said when I said happy 50th game, mate, he said, wow, it's nice that one of the co-hosts cares about me. That's what he told me. So, so, listen, I'm trying to figure out which one's more dumb, the get or you right now. I don't know. I'm not too sure. Round six at uh, Canberra, GIO Stadium. Now, I know you'll be thrilled because we get to watch that one together. um, (laughs) And I don't have to book accommodation for you. So, there's no chance of having to share a bet again. Round seven, V Manly at home. That's going to be a special one, right? Oh, for sure. You know, we... I didn't even realise we played Manly at our home. I actually didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, there you go. So we versed them again in round 20 at their home, and that'll be Desi's return to Four Pines. But ideally, we want to smash them in both games and really send a message that Seabold sucks and Desi is the king, right? <laughs> uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah, that's actually really good news to hear because... I love the fact that we play Manly at, Manly, uh, at, at home because obviously, one, my dad's team is Manly, uh, but also, two, I've got some good banter history with Joshy Schuster. Uh, hopefully, he's playing that one. 
but three, I think it's a very winnable game for us. Uh, and, you know, Manly are in a good situation team-wise this year, just not the coach-wise, in my personal opinion. So it might be a good battle, and we usually have pretty fun games against Manly. So, no, that would be a good one there, and uh, hopefully we, we get a win for Desi for sure. We do just, have entertaining games against Manly. I will also say, yeah, just, just in regards to Desi, you know, really give it to him because we want to save the organisation. It was just not on what happened with him um, and the way he got sacked there at Manly. So, um, yeah, I think we, I would love to really put a score past them for the sake of Desi. Yeah, I would love that for our coach. I'd love nothing more, actually, for our coach than to win that. This one's an interesting one. Round 11 v Knights, but we're at Magic Round. So we're not at their home ground and we're not at our home ground. Do you know why I mentioned that? Yeah, because uh, the the fact if we're playing at McDonald's Drone Stadium, we get pumped by 40. If we're playing at Seabus, we pump them by 40. But I'm pretty certain that... Are we the home team? Uh, I haven't I checked so. that. Sorry, I'm not too sure. I'm pretty, I'm pretty certain that we are the home team. So that basically means we're going to win by 40. It means we're... Yeah, we're, mm. we're the home team at Sunday nice. Stadium. So guess what, guys? Load them up. Load them up. Load that money up because we always beat the Knights by a big canter of a score when we play them at home. And technically, yeah. Magic Round is our home game this year. Yeah, but vice versa, when we play at their home ground, they put a score on us. It's been, I think, the last 13 games either side there. And we played them a week before the Panthers in Penrith in, at McDonald's Home Stadium. Can't wait for that two games. Yeah, no, that's always a fun one going there to Newcastle. We do versus the Broncos twice, round 12 at Suncorp, and then we have them at home at round 22. Obviously, we want to win both of those games. We, we want to defend our fortress, and we want to win at Suncorp again because last time was awesome. Mm. The other game I've got here, and I'm, I think you'll pick this one, but I'm interested if, round 27 versus Panthers at their home. Do you know why I've kind of circled that one? Well, one, it's the last round of the season. Two, we don't play in Penrith much. But also three, there's the potential they could have rested players there so that we would be able to uh, we would be able to potentially uh, utilise that if we're in a fight for the eight. Uh, if they've already guaranteed their first spot or a top uh, a spot in the top four or whatnot, then they would rest. Uh, they, they would then probably rest their players, which would give us a massive advantage into potentially getting to the eight or even a higher spot there. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know necessarily what you're referring to but we don't usually play it well to be fair actually that game in Pan in Penrith will have completed every single stadium for me in the NRL I would have been to every single major stadium that is an unreal achievement yeah so that one right there <laughs> um you did pick it it was pretty much that I was thinking that if, it, if we're in a tussle for the eight um that potentially they rest a bunch of players and we're able to get at the top of them there and and get into the eight which would be um awesome they're the games I circled out for the year, guys. Interested to hear in the comments section if you're here on YouTube what games as Titans fans you've circled out as ones you've got your eye on. We're almost wrapped up our preview. We're going to go through and give our biggest strength and weakness for the 2024 season. We're going to be transparent here. We're going to be raw. We're going to give our exact honest truth. So I want you to finish this sentence for me, Blaze. The Titans' biggest weakness in 2024 is... Biggest weakness in 2024 is, damn, what would I say here? I think it would come down to the half step, but I, I think the biggest weakness is transitioning the defense. I need to see the defense really improve this year. I, I, I think that overall our club has always been an attacking-minded club, and I think that we've always been a defensively awful club. And Desi is a defensive-minded coach, so that's why this question's a little bit weird, because... Our, our, our weakness as a club is defense, but I also think that Des is going to fix that. So I think that our biggest weakness 
based off of assuming Desi fixes the defense, our biggest weakness this year would be the lacking depth in the halves, potentially. Great answer. For mine, I went just our age and inexperience. Like, we do have a young side. Um, and although a lot of the young players like Tino Moa, like up around 100 games, they are still young in the grand scheme of things in comparison to other forward packs where some of their forward packs have experienced um, finals, grand finals, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm always a glass half full guy, particularly when it comes to the Titans. And I can, and I will say that sides can use youth to their benefit. So whilst it is a perceived weakness, it could still be a big positive. Let's finish on a positive. The Titans' biggest strength in 2024 is... The surprise factor. I really think that the surprise factor is the biggest strength by a country mile, to be completely honest with you, because people still... People want to say the Titans are going to be good under Desi, but they don't believe it. You know, they don't believe that the Titans are actually going to take that next step up and be back amongst the fray of the good teams. They, they just don't simply believe it. So I think the biggest strength... Yes, my obvious answer could have been, yeah, our forwards are amazing. Uh, the obvious answer could be, we've got great depth in the, in the fullback department and we're looking really good in regards to scoring a lot of points this year whilst having some good defense. Our greatest strength could definitely be, you know, Desi. But to, to go a little bit away from the pack and think outside the box, I do think that people always will say and have that ideology. And I think the Rabbitohs are still... Maybe the last four or five years is when people started to transition their mind. Because when I grew up, and I know this might, probably would have been the same for you, or similar, it might have been just before you. Because you're, you're, you're 24, aren't you? 26. 26. Oh, so you're only three years. So you would be around, you would have been, you would have grown up with the Rabbitohs being awful, correct? Yeah. Yeah. yeah Brian so, Fletcher, captain, stuff like that. Yeah, exactly right. The Rabbitohs were the Tigers uh, when I was growing up. Uh, the Tigers have now. The Tigers right now was the Rabbitohs when I was growing up. So people in the last five or maybe after the grand final win, that changed it. But outside of that, it took a long time for people to adjust their mindset and say, hey, wait a second, this team's actually good now. And I feel like the Titans, they've got that surprise factor right now with Desi. And I think it's going to be huge that, you know, teams aren't expecting us, but we'll come, we'll come strong. And we didn't, we didn't lose those really big games against the Storm, the Panthers and whatnot. By big margins in a blowout sense, we lost them in the last 15, 10 minutes because we were just done, you know. But overall... Our talent, our roster, actually kept closing it for 65, 70 minutes. And Broncos fans, you can't talk about that because guess what happened in the grand final? So the fact of the matter is, is that we are a surprising team this year. We've got quality and I'm looking forward to it. And every year there is that surprise team. Like no one expected the Broncos this year. No one expected the Cowboys the year before. No one expected the Panthers in 2020. But the issue with that is that all those teams... The next year usually fell off, right? You've got the Cowboys yeah. in 2022. No, 2021, they were 15th. 2022, they were third. And the 2023, they came back down to 11th, I think it was. The Warriors in 2022 were 15th. 2023 were uh, third or fourth. And then people are predicting them to drop off quite considerably this year. So if we go and do well this year, <laughs> let's just hope that we can kick on with it. Yeah, we've got our work cut out for 2025, that's for sure. For me, I went our biggest strength as a genuine NRL coach. Mm -hmm. And that's with like respect to every former coach we've had that's made our club what it is today. But Des Hasler is our first out-and-out -out NRL coach. He's not a good coach in a reserve grade. He's not a good assistant coach. He's not a good Super League coach. He's an out-and-out -out good NRL coach. And I think that's something that we've never really had. Um, just looking at the facts on the paper there, I think he's the exact type of coach that our young side needs to excel. I think he's got the passion to get the best out of our players. And I think he's going to be the best coach we've ever had. So that's my biggest strength for us. 
All right, final analysis. We've broken it all down. We've given our thoughts and opinions. Let's give a final word. Blaze, I want you to answer these questions for me. Are the Titans finishing top eight in 2024? Yes, no doubt in my mind. Are the Titans finishing top four in 2024? There is a question mark in regards to that one because you would need to have an unbelievably exceptional season. An, uh, an exceptional season for that to happen. But to go against and, and say that it's possible is that Desi took the Bulldogs to the grand final in the first year and actually took the Bulldogs to two grand finals in their first three years when he took over the Dogs. And I believe he made a grand final with Manly maybe in his second year uh, for the club, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and I was told this by actually, fun fact, a Dogs fan the other day. So um, he's got a great track record with immediate success, maybe not necessarily long-term success, but... I would say, as a long-term, long-suffering Titans fan, my answer is going to be no, because I can't trust the team until I see the team. I'm going to go 75% yes, we'll finish in the top eight. I think we're a better than half chance. I'll go three-quarter chance there. Top four... Geez, I'm probably going to go something low. I'm going to go 15%. Um, I think there's sides like the Panthers, Roosters, Storm, um, you, Rabbitohs. You can make arguments against all three of the Roosters, Storm, Rabbitohs. You can't make an argument against the Panthers. You can, but let's say we're looking at this objectively, then you could also make those same arguments, if not worse, for the Titans, right? Given we haven't had absolutely. that level of success. Yes, absolutely. But with that being said, like I would say the only guarantee of the top four right now would be the, would be the Panthers. Yeah. What percentage would you put on top four? Oh, geez. No, probably similar, similar to you. I'm not disagreeing with yeah. you. I'm just saying that I would only bolster and guarantee the Panthers to be in the top four this year. The Broncos have concerns in regards to the players they've lost in Flegler, Kenneth Palacia, Herbie Farnworth, the likes. You've got the Storm, who have a great spine, probably the best spine in the comp, but have a pretty mediocre team outside of their spine. Uh, you know, the Roosters, they always have a good team, but they never put it together. The Rabbitohs, this is the same team that was first last year at the halfway point, fell off and missed the A. So there's, mm. there's definitely still that option. But then again, the Rabbitohs could do what the Broncos did in 2022 and then do that in 2023 this year. Um, you know, they're, they're all the teams, you get Sharks, you know, they have a great roster, but look what they did last year. They can't beat any good team. So if we got it all together and we got it all right, I don't see any, well, I don't see, you know, I don't see a zero possibility for sure. But yeah, I'd say 15, yeah. 20%. Yeah. And like we talk about how excited we are for this year. How many times realistically since we've existed in 2007, have you come into a season thinking top four is like a genuine, or not genuine, but a chance? Uh, I, really I don't just think like, I've ever. I, I would. I would honestly go as far yeah. to say I don't think ever. Maybe 2011, 2011, because yeah. obviously we came fourth. We came fourth by the Warriors' first week, so I'd say yep. 2011. Uh, but we came last. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that is dangerous to think that way. But look, <laughs> I guess the reason why I offer that to our listeners is just showing the excitement and the hype and. Uh, that we have around our side at the moment that we haven't really had in the past. And I think a lot of that comes from having Desi Hasler. Yeah, um, I know, but I, I, I think I've just destroyed everyone's uh, heart and belief and dreams in this club because the last time we thought there was even a remote chance of, you know, finishing even around the top four, we came last. Yeah, I mean, and the last time we finished finals before that, 
we won the wooden spoon the next year. I think that was 2021 and 2022. Oh, yeah. No, no, we didn't get the spoon in 2022. No, we came like... Fifth. fifth. We came like fourth last. We're 2019. Okay, bottom... Bottom four, sorry. So we went from finals in 2021 to bottom four the following year, so... 2016 to 2017, we would have... I don't think we were thinking top four, though. If we didn't get Jared Hayne, Mm -hmm. we would have probably been considering it uh, because he can completely destroy it a lot. Um, but yeah. I think we still finished probably, yeah, fifth last, fourth last, something in 2017. It wasn't an awful season. It was just a really bland season. Yeah, and so the, I guess in the past we have been burned as Titans fans for getting our hope out, but there's a lot of excitement around the club right now that we certainly hope that's not the case um, this season. There's a lot of belief in this squad in the playing group, it seems, from what we're seeing online. Definitely. There's a lot of belief in the fans. Um, a lot of belief in us. We're all pumped up for this year. It's going to be a, a bloody brilliant one. I can tell uh, I you guys say... privately here, I can tell you private, well, not private, publicly, but from my private conversations, that people, that the players are incredibly confident with how, like I can tell you from my, the way that I talk with them last year comparably to this year, they are in a much better headspace and a much better space going forward now than they were last year and by a long way you can tell the difference in these guys um, so yeah it's really really exciting times and I think people have really got to have that belief and whatnot but as I did say in regards to that top four just then you know we've been we, we have had a real tough slog as Titans fans and our fans do always get led to believe that there is you know a water t- water at the end of the uh, at the end of the desert and then you get there, and there's just more desert. It was just a mirage, right? We've had that all of our history. So it's very difficult to have that kind of strong belief that, yes, it's going to happen for us this year. Yes, we are going to turn it up. So I can understand everyone's reservations. I can understand it. Trust me. I've, I, can, I feel it too. You know, I've believed this team way too much over the years. Um, but I think that this year, I, I, I do feel like something's different, and I do feel the energy in the air. Yeah, no, I'm absolutely pumped for this year as well. And it all starts next week where we will be back to break down our team list against the Dolphins, talk about that trial, uh, call out some of the players that you might not have heard of before. We'll do a bit of background research, see what we can find. And we're also going to start that episode with a Q&A. So if you are still here on YouTube mm. or listening on a podcast, feel free to message us any questions or to leave them in the comments. We'll answer any questions you have about our preview today. We'll start next episode with that, and then we'll break down our first trial against the Dolphins. So from myself, thank you very much for being here with this extra long episode in our 2024 season preview. And over to you, Blaze, to farewell the show. To be fair, we've only been gone for an hour and 10, so this is kind of what we normally would do. Um, Usually we're about the hour 10, hour and 15 mark when the regular season is on. Uh, but yeah, we appreciate you guys, obviously. Comment below, as he said, we'll do a Q&A next week. We appreciate you guys. Believe in the team. Believe in Desi. We've got some real good positives going into the year, and I know we've been burnt by him in the past, but it is our time to shine. So like, subscribe, give us five stars on Spotify and Apple, and we'll see you guys next week, baby. Bullshit.